Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. How are we today? Beautiful weather. That's sarcasm. Uh, Well, hey, we're going to get into a new series this morning, but before we do that, uh, Lisa, come on up. Uh, Lisa Lodak, she's going to share just something really awesome God did in her her life, through her life in the last month or so, and we just want to celebrate when God's moving in our midst and, and using us. So go ahead, Lisa. Hello. So I just want to give a testimony of something that really cool happened um, a few weeks ago um, with Cece and I. And evangelism has been on my heart recently. And if you don't know what that means, it's basically just sharing your faith with others and what Jesus has done in your life. So it's been on my heart, and I've had several discussions with different people about this and going out. And then um, we went to... This evangelist meeting uh, a few weeks ago with um, Scott Hinkle, and um, he spoke about it there. And then I had a vision there of a team going out from our church. And that night I drove Cece home, and we're sitting in her driveway talking, talking, talking. And this car pulls off to the side of her street. And so we're talking, and I see him getting in and out of his car. and his hood's up, and she's like, should we go check on him? And I'm like, yeah, we should. So we go talk to him, nice guy, having a great conversation. And like five minutes later, her next-door neighbor comes out. And this is a guy who's young. She's been praying for him, inviting him to church, just loving on him. So we're all talking, ends up that they both got in a car accident recently. So Cece and I look at each other, and we're like, okay, let's pray. So we got our hands on them and just praying and um, just really pouring into them and um, telling them how much Jesus loves them. So as that's happening, the girl that this guy that pulled over was waiting for, she comes out. And she's all excited like, oh, Cece, I'm so glad you're still here because Cece had invited her to the revival that we had at Lincoln Landing a couple months ago. And she couldn't make it, but she wanted to tell Cece that she went to the, Frank, the Billy, Franklin Graham event at the Speedway. And she went there and got saved and was prayed for and is just this new person. And she read, tell me, she reads her Bible. I read my Bible every morning for 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, some Christians don't even do that like me, you know. So I'm just like, this girl is just such enthusiasm and Ends up, she got in a car accident. <laughs> so it's like, Cece and I are like, what is happening right now? So we pray over her, and we're like, do you have a church? And she's like, no. So then we invited her to Thrive, or told her about Thrive, invited her, exchanged numbers. Um, so anyway, when it was all over with, we're just like, wow. <laughs> we just came from this meeting. We've been praying about this, and God just, like, unfolded it one after another. It was the craziest thing. So, anyway, so now she's coming to church, 
we invited all of them to the improv night, which they all went to, and talked about Thrive. So it looks like we're going to have some new members. But anyway, I just want to encourage you to you know, follow those promptings, because I'm so grateful that CC felt that, you know, and that we acted on it. And so I just pray that uh, there's more of that, that we listen, that we feel that tug. I mean, we feel it, you know, and, and that, if, you know, if you know it's God, follow it, because he's going to just give you that divine appointment. And so I just pray for more of that, and I just thank you, God, for what you're doing. So thank Amen. you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Man, praise the Lord. How awesome is that, right? When we just say, God, use me, he does. He takes us further than we could ever go, does abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And not only that, what we need to know is he's done that in our life already. And that's what we, I don't know about you, I forget it often. I forget that I am free, that I'm forgiven, that I'm loved, right? And that he wants to use us, that he does use us. A lot of times, anybody here, God ever used you and you weren't even trying? Matter of fact, you're like, I really didn't feel like God in that moment. <laughs> like, I felt far from God and I was manifesting, you know, something like that. And, and it's, it's normal, right? And yet, we are. We're free. We're given a faith that's meant to bring freedom to our lives. Galatians 5.1 says that. It's for freedom's sake he set us free. And that's what we're talking about this month, and then we're, we're going to pick it back up again in January because the end of this month we kick into Advent. But we're going to talk about Galatians, and, and, and I believe the book of that. I'm not a theologian. I don't write Bible commentaries. Maybe I should, uh, but I don't really have the patience. Um, <laughs> but the idea, I believe the theme of Galatians is God wanting his people to be free. And this is not an America message, because America's not the, America is not the definition of freedom. Jesus is, right? America can reflect some of that. Not a lot lately, but it can reflect some of that, right? But, but Jesus is the ultimate essence of freedom. Coming to him is the definition of being set free. So you ever, do you remember when you were a kid and you went to a party and you got one of these? I don't know what they're called now. I know what they were called when I was a kid. Yeah, they were, they were called like Chinese handcuffs or finger cuffs, right? I don't know what, I don't know what word I'm supposed to say now. Um, Asian American or, or just finger cuffs. Maybe we dropped nationalities out. I don't know. Um, so if anybody, just so you know, not trying to be offensive, uh, anybody watching online, it's just what I knew they were called. Okay, but then you, then you like, you put your fingers and you pull them, and the very first time you're like, oh no, oh no, you know, and you just think, I'm never getting out of these till somebody shows you the trick, and if not, I'm going to blow your mind, okay? <laughs> you just kind of push it in, and then you pull your finger out, right? And, and, and it's this funny little thing, and yet it, it works like that, right, where you, where if you, if you pull really hard, you can't, you can't make it happen, right? I mean, unless you tear it apart and destroy the toy, which these last all of five minutes, but that's so much like our life with Jesus. 
We try really, really hard to set ourselves free from all our stuff. And all we do is make it worse. And it gets tighter, and it gets deeper, and it gets harder. And then when Jesus steps in, when it's really him, when, when God was really moving, this becomes pretty easy. Freedom, that's the thing about the gospel of grace. If it's constantly striving and straining, it's probably not God. It's the enemy of God. Right? Now that being said, we have times that are hard. I'm, I'm not saying we don't have hard times. I'm not saying we don't go through hard things. I'm talking about when we are trying to live out freedom in our lives. We're trying, to, we're trying to have healthy relationships. We're trying to see our finances do well. We're trying to be great parents. We're trying to work out ourselves free of this addiction. What happens? We get stuck, and we get stuck because we don't understand the freedom we've been given. And we don't live it out well. So I talked last week online. You can, you can, you can go back and watch it. It was just a five-minute devotional for the Sunday we couldn't be here. And we're going to pick right back up in Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 6. Paul is writing to a church in the city of Galatia. That's why it's called Galatians, okay? And this city is some, is, is, or he's writing to its church, and in this church they have recently kind of given way to old Judaism, crept its way back in. Somebody came in and said, well, hey, yeah, you can follow Jesus, but you still got to be circumcised. That is not a message I would want to hear, Right? Anybody here, men who, don't raise your hand, who, who weren't snipped and somebody came up to you well into your 30s, you're like, hey, you're missing something. And actually like, no, I'm not. You're missing something. You know, that's the way it would feel like, that, I don't want that. But that's what they came in like, you, you, there's a pun, there's, you can follow Jesus, but you still got to follow the law. You still got to do these things. Right there, there's even whole denominations dedicated. Seventh Day Adventists. That's really what they're about. Uh, seven, anybody here ever known somebody who was a Seventh Day Adventist? A lot of legalism. A lot of it, heavy legalism, because they got to follow Testament laws. The only problem is they're not Jewish, so they've got a few hurdles there. Right? They have church on Saturday. That's why it's called Seventh Day Adventist. Right? Does anybody know why we have church on Sunday? <laughs> right, Easter, he's risen, Jesus is alive. That's why we do it on Sunday, right? That's why Sunday's the day. That's why we switch days. And there are still some old church people who are like, no, nope, I'm going back to Saturday. <laughs> We're going back to the way we used to do it. Even, even like, we'll follow you, Jesus, but... You know, we're keeping the time we keep, right? Some people just hate change so much. And, and one of the things we hate about change is that freedom, it almost sounds too good to be true because it is. Jesus being so good to us is so unbelievable. And so Paul writes this letter to, the, to this church saying, what is wrong with you? This is, you're going back. You're not going forward. You're moving backwards. You're binding yourself up again. And Christ set you free from this. Christ set you free from these things. So Galatians 1, starting 
verse 6, going through verse 10. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let's pause right there. He says to this group, he goes so far to say, you cannot go back to this old law and still be following Jesus. You know, what we would do, we'd be like, well, that, you know, that's just that church. That's just what they do. That's fine for them. We're different. He, and he's like, no, 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 no. Jesus set us free or he didn't. You are writing a new gospel, and it's a false one. It's a counterfeit. You are going back to the prison that Jesus set you free from. You're moving backwards. So just hanging on those verses for a second, how many of us go back to the very things that bound us up or held us down? So we were all set free from the prison, all of us. And the prison door in our life is wide open. You've been set free of sin, of shame, of your past. You've been set free of fear or even needing control of your future. You are free. Matter of fact, I would argue most of us don't even understand how free in Jesus we really are. How much we've been delivered, how much we are out of the chains, how much we, all the things are unbroken. That, that doesn't mean troubles won't come, that doesn't mean we won't struggle. But even in the struggle, we are free. Because we can struggle without the struggle having us. We can trip without being trapped. That's God's plan for us. But so many of us, like, like anybody else, we don't even realize we go back to what's comfortable. How many of us, we, we, we find our way just back in here? I don't know what, I don't like what's going on out there. I'm going back to, to my cage. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable out there. And we, we go back. Now, the door's wide open, but we go back there all the time. I'm going back to my sin. I'm going back to my fear. Uh, I'm back to my crappy relationships that I left seven times over, and, and they are the worst person in the world, but I'm going back. Why? Because I'm comfortable here. This is safe for me. But this isn't what Jesus did for us. I had a friend years ago, and he came to me, and he was just saying, you know, I struggle so much with pornography, and I, I just can't get free. And the thing that he didn't understand, I tried to explain to him, I said, but don't you get it? You are already free. The lie isn't you can't get free. The lie is you don't want to get up and walk out. You have to walk out your freedom. The door's open, though. Jesus did it or he didn't. We have a tough time with that. Galatian had a tough time. So be encouraged, you're in good company. 
There's a whole church in the New Testament, a whole letter written to them about this. I keep going back to my old ways. You're in good company. You're not alone. This has been going on a couple thousand years in the church. So it's not, it's, it's not new, all right? We've all been there. And, and so he says, he goes on, verse 8, and we'll just read through the rest of, the, uh, rest of it. Let's God, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we've said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one we welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. Man, that's a great verse. We go back to this prison over and over. When storms come, where do we go? Do I, do I, I'm like, you know what, I, I just, God, I know you set me free, and I know it's going really well, but I'm just going to sleep here tonight. I'm just going to stream that show all night long. I'm just going to replay my past. I'm just going to go over my mistakes. Now this, this place Man, it smells like urine. It smells like feces. It smells like garbage. But I know it. It's safe to me. It's not. It's a death sentence. It's a prison. But we keep going back. How many of us get free of our fear? And they're like, I'm not afraid of that anymore. I have no anxiety about that anymore. But here's what the devil does, and he's really good at it. And he's like, you're right, you're right, but you should be afraid of this. We think we have different struggles now when really in the same one in the same place with just a different blanket. It's still fear, it's still a trap, and I still keep closing myself in. We sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Really, I kind of am. <laughs> I just swapped out my fears. <laughs> no, I'm afraid of this instead of that. <laughs> right? All the time. Man, I'm really good at it. Ask my wife. <laughs> I'm really good at being like, that doesn't discourage me anymore. I found something new. <laughs> we totally do this. Some of you are like, you are, you are awesome at really sinful, toxic relationships. You're just great at it. You just find the worst people and just let them invest into you. You're just really good at it. Like, oh man, this person's like poison for my soul. Tell me more. And that's what we do. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this person's totally different because they're a different person. I'm totally different now. I'm changed. <laughs> and everybody else on the outside are like, no, you're, you, you went back in the cage. You let somebody, as Paul said, bewitch you. You let somebody put you back in. 
What's that second part say, right? Verses, uh, verses 8 and 9. How many of us create systems? Some of us, it's, it's, not, it's not just your old sin, right? It's not when storms come or when we're discouraged. For you, we create new systems of old religion. See, there's a classic quote here. Jesus told sinners to repent of their sin, but he told religious people, repent of your religion. Repent of what you think you can do to get to me. How we think if I practice and do these things, I'm the righteous one. And it is a lie. The longer I have served Jesus, the more I realize how sinful and broken I am. The depths of our depravity. I really, what's amazing to me is I look at our world right now and I'm like, look at the depth of our depravity. I just watched in the news this week of a group trying to normalize pedophilia. Those are monsters. Yeah, but we are all capable of that. Say, not me. No, that's disgusting. That person, I would kill that person. We are all capable of the same amount of sin. But we create these moral systems to say, I don't do that. I'm not over there. And we've locked ourselves in our own morality instead of the freedom of Jesus Christ. See, I don't watch these types of movies. And I don't listen to these types of music. And I don't go to that website. And I don't hang out with these people. And I'll only go to this type of church. Great. You're bound to that. Now look, there are things we're bound to, but it's the, we're bound to the thing, the person that keeps us free. Yes, freedom has its boundaries. Without it, it wouldn't be freedom. Of course it does. But it doesn't have rules we make up. I know people that they're like, oh, you said a bad word. I don't even know if, you're a, if you follow Jesus. I heard that word. Christians don't follow. Christians don't watch movies like that. They don't do that. Christians don't go out on that day of the week. We just don't. We make up some stuff that just isn't in the Bible. There's, the Bible's pretty clear. And if it isn't, we dive into it and we figure out what does it say about these things. And some of it, you've got to leave it alone because it's not saying anything. What does it, what does it say about the vaccine? There's no word for vaccine in the Bible. It's just not there. You're going to have to wrestle that one out with the Lord and your walk. You're just going to have to. Somebody's like, that's the definition of loving my neighbor. No, what you just said there is a religion and a rule you just made up. The only difference is it's a secular religion. And here's the thing. It's never enough. How do you know if it's religion or man-made rules that's going to keep you bound? Here's how you know. Because it's never enough. When it's never enough, it's definitely not Jesus. He's enough or he isn't. For the person, right, right? And, and I'm just throwing in the context. I, I don't care where you're at politically, whether what you think and what you feel like you need to do. But for me, when you say, once you get the shot, take the mask off, go live your life. 
Well, okay, now we're going we're gonna to put it back on. Well, maybe, maybe you should stay home on this day. Maybe let's all stay home. Let's shut that down. Let's make everybody get it, but put the mask back on. What happens there? When the goalposts keep moving, stop playing. And I'm not talking about defying authority, but the same thing's true the other way. I've known people who are like, well, you got the vaccine. I won't be your friend. I can't be in your life anymore. You're both wrong. You're making up a system God didn't make up. Don't buy into it. Don't let this world, don't let the culture, don't let false teachers bewitch you. Don't let them, don't let them deceive you into saying, uh, just if th- this is the definition of, Jesus is the definition. Don't add to it. It's warning right there. Don't ever add to that. Jesus doesn't need building blocks. <laughs> He's got it. He's done enough. But we go back. Over and over, we go back. Like, I'm just really comfortable here. Right? You guys remember that scene in Castaway, right? He, at, towards the end, spoiler. <laughs> it's been 20 years. He's laying on the floor because he can't sleep on a bed anymore. Why? Because he's used to his isolation. Some of us, we go back to porn because we're used to it. We pull up old things and arguments with our spouses because that's what we know. We don't know how to communicate better anymore. The weight just becomes so heavy. And yet the door is open. Jesus said, you're free. Go and sin no more. Live free. No longer find our comforts in the prison. And that last section there, that, those last few verses, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servants. How many of us end up bound because we pick up other people's burdens? Some of you are a slave to other people's opinions. Now, let me qualify that. Some of you are a slave to defying what everybody else thinks. Yet, we have to live in relationship with one another. We have to live within a society. We have to have authorities. We have to serve one another. We have to be there for one another and lay our lives down for one another. But there is a difference between that and these, these were smart, religious, clever people who came in with a really good argument that said, hey, 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 just, just come in. No, 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 no. You can follow Jesus. You can follow Jesus. But you just, you just got to do, you just got to make sure you're doing this. And you're like, uh, I think that, I mean, I really think they're good people. They're really trying to help me. They really, they really want the best for me. And, and I think that practice is really good. Some of us long so desperately for somebody else to approve of us. Until we get it, we're here. But here's the thing. Once we get it, we're here for a minute until we need it again. And then we go back. See, I had this for a lot of years, especially in ministry. 
and it took a lot of pain and heartache for me to begin to figure out I was looking for a father approval from pastors that they didn't sign up to give me and I didn't even realize I was asking for. I was always, always looking for the attaboy. And you know what I found found out? I did really well in ministry, but those guys thought I was trying to do better than they were. And they took it as a threat. The irony was, I was just desperately hoping to hear from them, good job, good job, good job, all the time. Instead of hearing from the Lord, already, I've already approved of you. You're already free. Don't get me wrong. Do we, we all need encouragement sometimes. We all need the attaboy sometimes. But there's a difference between the attaboy being something that builds me up and something I need to feed my soul. See the difference? How, do you, how many of you, you need, you put something on your spouse, you don't even, they don't even know. They're like, what is wrong with you? And you're, you're always just like, love me. And you're like, I do. Can we stop now? Right? You don't realize it, but you just keep going back here. You're not free from needing their approval. Wanting is good. Needing is bad. The only thing we need is Jesus. And the best part is, when you stop needing that absolute affirmation, and don't use this as an excuse to like burn bridges. Like, I don't need your approval, so shut up and get out of my life. I love you too, honey. No, that's not what that means. But you already have it. That was a pivotal moment for me at Bible college. It's in my first semester. And the truth is I feel like I'm always still learning that lesson. I remember just, it was the end of a prayer meeting for our, for our ministry team, and I went up to our director, Mrs. Fields, and, and uh, I, just, I was just in tears, and I was just like, I just, I just want to please God. And she said something, now, I mean, I've grown up in church. I've been there my whole life. I've heard more sermons than a lot of people here in their entire lifetime. I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and if they were open another day, we were going to get there. Right? I was there. And I was there Sunday midday because of the youth choir. How cool is that? Right? So I was there a lot, and, and, and I never heard this message. And she looked at me, and she said, Brian. When I said, I just want to please God, but she said, Brian, you already do. I about fell out just from hearing that. What? What do you mean? Angie and I were having this discussion earlier this week. The thing that I can't continue to, I still have a really hard time wrapping my head around this one, is that God sees you and me. As he sees his son. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are co-heirs with Christ. On your worst day. In your most, in your most pathetic prison moments. 
where you're like, I'm just a loser. I'm nobody. I, I, can't, I don't belong, and I, I, I can't get free, and I'm, I'm constantly stuck, and I, I just, it, it's always this way. In those moments, God is still seeing us as free and in the light of his son and innocent and forgiven and loved. He doesn't see us that way. Right? It's like the person whose son or daughter is in prison for some horrible crime, and they still go see him every week, and they just love on their kids. How can they do that? Because that's their son, that's their daughter. And that's how they see them. That's how the Lord sees you and me. Forgiven. Free. How can the Lord just forgive me? See, here's the thing, and this will really mess you up. It's going to mess me up. When you think about your past, when you bring up your past to the Lord, you know why he has a problem with it? Because he can't remember it. He's saying, what's it? What are you talking about? I don't remember that. How does the omniscient one not remember things I've done? How does the one who's forgiven all the things, but also knows all the things, look at me and be like, God, what about my my crippling fear? My my." My incessant shame. My, my willing to just blow my top. My ability to hide the dark things inside of me. My, my arrogance, my pride, my, my need for approval, my, my, my whatever it is. I know people who, they're like that in ministry. They don't minister out of a servant's heart. They minister out of a need for approval. I've met them. I worked with them. Like, give me, give me that, give me that stage so that I might be affirmed. I remember somebody in Wisconsin. They were like that. I loved them. They, and they were great. But it was so obvious. Like, they needed that person. They needed that, that person to need them. You don't even need to be needed anymore. Because you're already approved. You're already loved. What, at every level, and that's the thing we just don't compromise. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Do you really, really, in the depths of your soul, believe God wants you free? free of worrying about tomorrow and what it's going what's going to happen free of needing to know the outcome free of absolutely needing to hear what is the diagnosis free of the success of it all free of that that horrible thing you did that you just can't get over if you can't get over it and god has remove yourself off the throne and walk out of the prison This is such a good song. 
look where I'm standing now. I was there. I'm not there anymore. Now look, uh, you and I, here's the thing. Freedom is not perfect. As one Bible college professor said, freedom is an ever-present issue. We are always walking out our freedom. We're always learning how to be more free. But if we're not careful, we will learn how to be more bound again. We'll just do it in a different location. We'll do it with a different blanket. But God wants you to be free. Do you believe that? Do you believe God wants, desires, and has even given you your wholeness? That's what this table's about. So as we take communion this morning, as we move up to this table and, and, and we take the elements, the bread and the juice, I want you to take it in such a way, what, you're going to come receive the elements and we'll take it together today, but as you do so, I want you to think about, and, and maybe let's even do this, let's, let's, we'll form a line from here over, and I want you to walk past this prison today, and I want you to think, what has he set me free from? What has he set me free from that I'm forgetting? He doesn't need you to be the perfect Christian. That's what his job was. He doesn't need you to be the perfect man, woman, child, grandparent. He doesn't, he doesn't need it. He's done it. He does, he's done it. He set you free from perfection because he did it. Do you believe God wants that for you? And how do you walk it out? Just say yes. I receive the elements. I receive what you did for me. Help me to help it permeate my whole life, God. Next time you're striving, struggling, straining, stop, pause, let go, and say, all right, God. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.